Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 433. This is your guide to the geek side. And I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, living in America. Thank you, James Brown. Joined by Charlie Carden. What's up? What's going on? Sunday. It's not 4th of July weekend because... It's 4th of July is on a Tuesday. Weird. I was just thinking, I met, we were talking last night. I said, I should look at the calendar for next year. I don't know when the next year we get a leap year so that we can mm-hmm. kind of move 4th of July a little closer to not being in the middle of the week because it just screws things up. Boo. Um, it happens every seven years. Um, and then next year will be on a Wednesday. So even no, worse. No, that's no what man's was, land. That's what I was talking about. Oh, that's what I was talking about. The leap year. I don't know when the next leap year is. I thought leap years were every four years. They are every four years. Won't that jump it forward a day? I don't know. Have to look at the calendar. I know. Who am I? The calendar man, Charlie? Calendar man? Didn't didn't Batman run him over with the Batmobile? Run over his calendars? Uh, Just each did it on a leap year and it didn't exist here. So it didn't actually happen. Oh, unbelievable. But you know what happens every single solitary week on this very network is us giving love to our fantastic patrons, the folks that make it possible for us to make fun additional content. Todd, you've got something in the chamber that's coming out soon. I don't want to spoil it for you. I have been making a show called The Facts of Geek Life, where I'm joined by a guest or guests talk about a season of a classic television series. My wife and I do a great uh, show uh, once a quarter about bad movies. Todd joined us recently to talk about Wing Commander. Um, And then Todd and I, of course, do a show called The Spinner Rack, which is about uh, comic books. And we have just two things. We have just recently branched out to place some of that legacy content out on our network feed. If you don't subscribe to our Secret Friends Unite network feed, I encourage you to do so because you will get a little taste of things that we have released closer to uh, the beginning of 2023 when we launched our Patreon. And also, you can go to secretfriendsunite.com slash Patreon uh, and, well, I just got that wrong, patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite. Try it both ways. See what happens. Oh, my God. It might, it might send you into some kind of quasi-alternate dimension where we own just, Patreon. Just don't go to Patreon.com. Don't go to Patreon.com. That is something that else. And, be bad. Yeah. But once you go to Patreon.com slash Secret Friends Unite, you can do a free one-week trial of any of our tiers, which gives you access to our great content that I was talking about. But – more important than that is giving love and respect to the people that do make it happen. I'm, of course, talking about Jamie Prinky on our Best Buds level and over on the BFFs level, the fantastic Nias family, Sean, Stella, and Henry, my dear friend and collaborator, Missy Merchant, and Andy Milliken. We are grateful to all of you for making it possible. We're having a good time. It's good stuff. So what is arguably a good time is this cover and uh you know i must have missed out on this is from 1989 but i missed out on acts of idiocy was that a a crossover that just took its inspiration from acts of vengeance i don't remember charlie it was not it was actually just uh a one-off so acts of vengeance was a ongoing uh, crossover event it was essentially the villains of certain heroes were swapped it was a weird thing but it wasn't its own event in regards to like it wasn't actually like there was an acts of uh vengeance like actual book which is cool 
Correct. Kind of it's what they did Very in the back cool. in the days. So this one was just essentially making fun of that because in Silver Surfer number 33, um, they brought in a character which I find funny, and that is Impossible Man. Oh, so Impossible Man FF was in this book. Back in the day. <laughs> Correct. So, of course, he's silly. He's essentially like Mr. Mitzel. Plitzik from DC. <laughs> Mr. Um, Mitzel, he, that's how the comic book guy from Simpsons says it. Mr. Mitzel Skim. Mitzel yeah. Plitzik. Yes, yes. Many, many different ways to pronounce that man's name. But he is that goofy character that can do things. Um, he debuted in uh, Fantastic Four number 11. There we go. In November 1962. He's an alien race. Uh, he is also known as Impy, Herald of Destruction, and the Improbable Guy. Um, so he showed up. Uh, he showed up in this comic with Silver Surfer, so of course they decided to take notes uh, and just make it acts of idiocy because it's always hijinks ensue. So much with uh, when Impossible Man showed up, and he's a character that it's like the the what is it the Four Bush Man, and there's other characters Four Bush in Man. anything by Fred Hembrick with the little, yeah little exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of these characters that are just like. Yeah, from the periphery, and right. most Ham. people have no clue that happened. Yeah. We'll start at least Spider Ham in his own book. The, these characters, like, right. here's a character, and right. they just are—they're kind of there. They never had their own book. They just have adventures, and it's right. wackiness. And uh, this is Impossible Man's right. time to shine because I don't know when the last time we've seen him. Uh, he did. I, I remember him from the Marvel, uh, the the official hand guide, handbook guide, handbook guide, handbook guide to the Marvel universe that he uh, also had a wife who was the impossible woman or impossible gal or something. And they were identical. So yeah, um, they're from a race where apparently there was only one shade, kind of like the scrolls. Everybody looks like whatever. And also mm. green, but no, but, but no relation. You're um, offending them, Charlie. They're, they, they would say they could tell us, they could tell themselves apart. They yeah. can't tell humans apart. I guess. Yes. I know. You know what? If everybody's not wearing name tags, we're in big trouble. Anyway, oh, uh, and they're 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 alien races, the Pop Upians, right? And they're from Pop Up is the name of the planet. I did, I remember, I remember that from the guide. So I have the guide. I must still have them upstairs. I have some books over here on my shelf. I should move more over here. Is more of a set piece because you know so, it's all, all yeah. my background. But anyway, yes. Hopefully, we didn't mention. Uh, do follow us over on YouTube so that you can see all the fascinating things. I do try to move my desk around so you can get the, the depth of all the excitement. And I always show the cover when we talk about it on the youtube feed exactly. as well so you can you can watch along and enjoy better believe it one thing that is better heard but potentially not seen sorry to say is probably our senior news correspondent at 123 years young i'm talking about madam webb down at the corner of hollywood and vine she's always got the goods the hot information the latest stuff in her news and reviews let's go now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Happy anniversary, Madam Webb. I know uh, at times you've decided to celebrate with our country in many dangerous ways. You decided to make your own fireworks in your own back cauldron. Um, let's just say you're lucky that you have all your limbs and appendages, but uh, many of your pets no longer exist. Oh, boy. It was a, a f the former kitty. Uh, cat. But what do we got coming up? Uh, we have a celebrity that you uh, decided to make up a name for. 
yes, yes. Uh, so, yes. So, big news got announced that uh, James Gunn has selected his leads for the Superman Legacy film, uh, which we find David Corn Sweat as Clark Kent, aka Corn Superman, and Rachel Sweat. Rachel Corn Sweat. Yes, Corn Sweat. Uh, Corn and Rachel Brosnahan, uh, who is in the magical Mrs. Maisel. She Mrs. is Maisel. not. She is um, not magical or Maisel. It's called the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's a show that April would like very much. She's magical. Yes. So she, she is she going to be is. Lois Lane. So yes. she's going to be in Lois Lane. Um, and uh, obviously, Rachel, has she's got a name. People know her. But David is less known. But he is American. So we've got the role back. We took it back from the Brits. Yes, And we're he's a Philly it. guy. We yep, got it. So he can talk about cheesesteaks and be annoying. And, and Hall and Oates and Boys to Men uh, and Rocky. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, yes. So um, this is uh, going to be the first live action film in the new DC universe. Uh, coming out in 2025, James Gunn has written the script. Ooh, it's written. That's how they could even do and the. They could even do the sides in an interview is by, because the stuff was absolutely. Already written. Yeah. Yes, and and he is directing it as well. It is coming out July 11th, 2025. Obviously, the Directors Guild they just signed their deal, so they're good. The directors are good, and then the actors which uh, apparently they got an extension on their deal because their deal actually ends and they will uh, decide if they're going to strike or not July 12th. And the, um, the obviously the writers, it's been almost two months now. So we're, we're at this point, these dates could change because if you don't have uh, actors, you do not have a movie. So that's kind of yes. where we're at. You can't um, be a the they're, they're not, they're not going to bring in just guys like you and me say, here, here you go. Okay. Yep. So, so a little bit about a little about about these actors. Uh, so, Corn Sweat, you may not know about him, but he has been he, he first broke out in uh, Ryan Murphy's series, The Politician. Uh, then he was in a uh, Netflix series called Hollywood. He was also Whoa, in Me in the City. Yeah, yeah, we watched that one. Okay, now I know who he is. Yeah, yep. that was a uh, Ryan Murphy, and it was as you had mentioned, it was um, it was definitely out there. Yep. Uh, he is was in the HBO series We Own the City. And he a lot of people know him because of he was in Pearl, that movie Pearl. He was the projectionist to Pearl oh, Killed. Oh, I actually watched that movie because uh, it's on Paramount Plus. And uh, because I enjoyed the movie that it was X, X which was very uh, full of nudity, uh, which everybody enjoys at a certain level. And Pearl was not, nor was it entertaining. Um, but oh, was, really? A lot of people like Pearl more than X, from what I've heard. I'd like to see both. Um, uh, well, they, they're, they are both on Paramount Plus, so knock yourself out. <clears throat> Perfect. While, while, Par so, while Paramount Plus still has content. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so that's Corn Sweat. So this is kind of his big break. A literal unknown, because people would say maybe they recognize his face, but he looks like I only, Superman. Yeah. I, yeah, I <laughs> that's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, I only knew it by the fact that... Um, that you mentioned that he was in two things I've seen, but otherwise it's not a household name where, you know, Rachel Brosnahan, you know, uh, from Maisel, from uh, the fact that she was in House of Cards, uh, got, buried mm -hmm. in, got, buried in, <laughs> got buried in the desert by Michael Kelly uh, because he was the fixer on that show. And then she was a uh, dirty little uh, secret of, uh, I think, uh, Corey, uh, what's his face? The guy who was um, in Ant-Man. Uh, the guy who's Yellow Jacket. 
Or Corey Stahl. Corey Stahl, yeah. She was a prostitute who was his dirty little secret, so she had to and get buried in the desert. That was that was yes, how her yes. character came to an end on that show. Sorry about yes. the spoilers from a show from 10 years ago. Yes, absolutely, because I was spoiled when that show first came out, so Whoops. never mind. Moving on, uh, so essentially at this point, they're still casting uh, all of the other actors, obviously Lex Luthor and some other things, so uh, I hope it's coming together. The, everybody seems excited for the cast. Yeah, totally. Very, very cool. Very, yeah. I'm excited uh, to see things actually happening um because again we don't really know much now we are todd you had mentioned we are now two months into the strike uh the and the last strike lasted three so let's keep it below the average let's hope yeah and that one of the biggest challenges too it's not just that you have the script there are writers on set to actually make yeah. rewrites Punch as up. things are going on yes, exactly. they are not allowed to do that and that's one right. of the big things like like deadpool 3 is filming right now and one of the things that deadpool likes to do and ryan reynolds likes to do he likes to improv right you cannot do that Not, you actually have to have that scripted and written so um there's going to be some movies that are made probably around this time that might get some scrutiny to say no you actually wrote things and you broke the mm. rules or violated so that could be a challenge now, for now, many people here's a question when you say the definition of improv it's like you and i we don't go off of a script here we're just a, though we do have a guidebook we're kind of riffing and stuff are you are you trying to tell me that in your knowledge something that's improvs if somebody's riffing that's actually not it's actually written it's not actually just me saying hey correct it has to be actually like i believe it has to be approved as part of the it has to be part because it's part of like the contract with that's part of the the things that get held because well i improv that so you don't get any credit you know i only only used i only used 25 percent of your script so we're only paying you there's a lot of things. That's why and, yeah. contracts and, and union rights. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that, that things like this uh, writer strike are based around. You know, that was probably something <laughs> that was negotiated days past. So uh, as we always say, plug, 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 we uh, will always stand with the writers. We're glad that these folks are fighting for what they need uh, to make a living. And we hope that they get what they need soon so that we can all go get back to enjoying content. So plug, yeah. plug, plug. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way that's going to happen anytime soon is if the if the actors truly go on strike, right? Because if the actors don't go on strike, it's a it, I, it's a it's a two front war. Yeah, I think it becomes a then you get non uh, acting guild writers, which is mess, at that point it's right. like then it's a slippery slope and Everything it's, it's bad yeah, juju. It all falls apart. It's like the NFL when they put in the scabs when they strike. I mean, it's 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 brutal. So all right, uh, yeah. What one thing we have heard, and because of this movie coming out, we are hearing now that, which is kind of like a dumb moment, I guess. I'm kind of glad it's 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 a dumb moment, but um, the fact that Superman Legacy will exist in a world with heroes. I think that makes sense. I don't want like, oh, I want some existing heroes in a world. Right. I want Superman to have been existed. And that's what it's supposed to be. Superman's supposed to have existed in this world for quite some time. He's not a rookie. It's not his right. story growing up. It's not yeah. his origin. Right. So this makes a lot of sense that you would have heroes. Kind and one of, of that like, group. Kind of like, you know, like Tom Holland, Spider-Man, when he was brought into the MCU, it was an established world. We didn't have to go back to pot because everybody, you know, from birth knows Spider-Man's origin story, blah, blah, blah. Uncle Ben, right, you know, Spider-Bite, that kind of thing. So we you don't have to go there. That's basically yeah, what we're exactly. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So one of the one of the groups that's going to be introduced apparently in this movie because they'll introduce people and things and concepts and things like that is a group called the Authority. Uh, the Authority Respect. is a Wildstorm creation. So Wildstorm was an image imprint that Jim Lee started when he owned when he was part of that group. DC bought Wildstorm, mm-hmm. 
And that's now why Jim Lee is part of DC and his characters are now part of DC owned there. And the authority is a really cool group. Basically they are a group that means to, um, do the right thing, but they often have to do the wrong thing to get there. So, so not exactly anti-heroes, they're, but they're, um, they're kind of Spike Lee, do the right thing. Kind of, do yeah. The right and they thing. have and they have versions of characters which are similar to like when you saw like um, the Squadron Supreme where there's a guy that's like Batman uh, oh, and Apollo. So yeah. Midnighter and Apollo are Batman and Superman essentially. And gotcha. uh, yeah, so, um, but it's kind of neat that they're bringing these characters in because fresh faces are always good. I mean, and, right. and you're getting new storylines. So this is kind of cool. So that's what we're kind of seeing is we're going to see new characters, new ideas as part of this DCU imprint. Jim, and the good news is... I was going to say, uh, Jim, you mentioned this. The, the, it's a Jim Lee creation, right? Did you say the authority? Correct. Uh, he is very randomly, I just caught this somewhere on social media, at a comic book store in Traverse City, Michigan this week. And it's like... I've, he must know somebody. I've spent time there in Traverse City, there. and I, there's one comic book shop. It's a, uh, it's basically a brick and mortar brick building, and yeah, it's just that's just really bizarre. It's not even any shows going on up there right now, so I don't know. I'd be curious. He to must know, know the, somebody. I, he's I, I, on vacation yeah. the area. Uh, uh, maybe has likely. a home there. Yeah, and he's mm. there. But that's a big that's a big catch because Jim Lee yeah. is essentially he is the number one guy at DC. Yeah for a lot of their properties. He's kind of like the Joe Quesada, his role at that point when he was helping out all of the properties, basically being the expert on all things Marvel, who they would go, can we do this with this character? Like, and Jim Lee's that way. So he's such a great guy, uh, great artist, and uh, I'm glad he's found success the way he has. And um, this works out. So very, very good that we're going to be getting this movie. Uh, We're getting a gap, uh, which is nice because after 2024, 23 we are not seeing another dc film until like i said mid-july so we're getting a break and it will have been how many years since we saw superman dc needs to be on a break uh the justice league was in 17 wasn't 2017 yeah yeah Yeah, so that's that's almost eight years so that's that's a good break that is a good break. that's a batman-sized break so okay uh moving right along we have a, a epic trailer for dune part Two. Uh, Dune came out in 21, 2021, the remake with, I thought it was 2019. Chalamet and what director was uh, Dennis Villeneuve. I'm trying to remember when we talked about it. Uh, uh, no, you're right. It came out in 2021. So yeah, because I remember you and myself and, and, and Kate talking yeah. about, yeah, post COVID, but, uh, yeah, adaptation, uh, th- this is apparently is going beyond, uh, what David Lynch was able to accomplish in his cult 1984 adaptation with Kyle McLaughlin and Sting and Patrick Stewart. Um, I was in, and a soundtrack by Toto, uh, which I love Toto, but boy, I'll tell you, I mean, you know, Flash Gordon had Queen, which I definitely think is a, is a more epic matchup. There's, for, there's a lot of movies where the soundtrack is far better than the movie itself. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was never a, uh, I was never much like I was also never a Blade Runner guy. I was, I was never really a Dune guy. I was aware of it. I think those are two things that my brother liked a lot more than I did. It's a deep, it's a deep sci-fi cut. Yeah. I mean, and those books are huge. Yeah, too, exactly. So, I mean, so it's, it's, yeah. it's a little intimidating, but, uh, yeah, we've gotten the, the, uh, uh, fantastic Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet coming back with Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, who we'll see in Mission Impossible in a couple of weeks here. Uh, this is kind of a who's who of MCU stuff. Uh, Josh Brolin, Dave Batista. We don't have Oscar Isaac back because his character was killed off. Javier Bardem, but we're also getting, again, MCU Florence Pugh, Walken, 
uh, Christopher Walken, Austin Butler, and more. So, yeah, big names, but huge sweeping scope of, you know, leading the revolution and a thousand soldiers and stuff blowing up. And um, a lot of it that was a lot less sci-fi-ish because you don't see the big sandworm and stuff. You just see a guy, you know, in a windstorm jumping off a mountain, stuff blowing up, you know, snipers. This, this, I think this looks amazing. Is it going to be like 14 hours long like the first movie was? That's my guess. Um, good question. I don't know. And they, they, they decided to make this two parts back in the day, which I think was a smart move. We've always struggled with like a part one, part two. Does it, does it work? Does it not work? I right. think the overall consensus of this movie is most people really loved it. Um, it took them. It's kind of like where um, Avatar, where that movie brings in people that are not necessarily always involved because of the visuals and things like right. this. Uh, I think this movie approached that. And this is a movie I. I said I'm seeing this in the theater because I need that landscape and I need the screen. So I'm going to see it, obviously, in the screen, the theater. And I am very excited for this trailer. It looks really cool. No, I agree. And I will I'll go back and give that first movie a hack. Uh, It is still available on Max. One would assume it it might still be there (laughs) come November, but you never know. Um, But I would would assume prior to go seeing this, this comes out on November 3rd. Um, and so I assume probably in you know late October will uh, perfect time we'll for it yeah. too. Yeah, big time. I mean, yeah. nothing's opening in November. It's early. You're going to have the box office yourself, yeah. and it's a big movie. Yeah, so it could it could end up being a big hit. So I'm excited about this. And again, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to go back and read a book because uh, I don't do that. Neither do you. <laughs> I do a lot of book reading, so I'm I'm perfectly fine with the movie. That sounds pretty exciting to me. So. Absolutely, and and that's the great thing. It's the book is how old, and if I haven't read it in the last fifty years, I'm probably not going to. And there was a great <laughs> science yeah. sci-fi uh, miniseries oh, on yeah. Doom called Children of Doom, which I enjoyed quite a bit in the early 2000s. So right, that's cool. I don't even know if that's available. It might be on, might be on Peacock. Who knows? Right. The Peacock. I like it. Yes. <laughs> Very good. All right. So uh, speaking of Florence Pugh, her character of Yelena Belova is preparing for her own uh, Spotlight comic over uh, in Marvel. The White Widow comic will be dropping here within, I don't think we have a drop date, but yeah, uh, dropped on Friday. She's November 1st. November 1st. She's getting her own comic from uh, Sarah Gailey, uh, who is a novelist and our uh, artist Alejandro Miracolo, uh, Red Sonia, and Star Wars Yoda. Not terribly familiar with either one of, the, one of their works. Uh, Todd, the character of the White Widow go back, goes back to early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she debuted, um, and I was looking that up. She debuted in a, a one-off comic, yeah, early two thousands. Yeah, to write. which was yeah. yeah, it was not that was not my sweet spot for reading because I I kind of took a, a big break. Uh, I read some of the Ultimates comics back in those days, but as far as transitioning back into the mainline stuff, it was later in the the early later in the early aughts, late aughts that I got back into reading. So I kind of missed this character hidden scene, kind of like I missed Sentry, which a lot of people talk about Sentry, the Avengers character, and I'm just kind of like. I know what you told me about it. Well, yeah, Sentry is a great character because essentially it was the, oh, this is a character that we just dug up and from the archives. He existed. No, right. he didn't. It was a, it was a, they, they flim flamed us, Charlie. Yeah. They created this modern character and said he was from the past and right. everyone just forgot about him. And again, you know, I, as I mentioned last time you brought that up, they did the same thing in an, an Avengers crossover with a character called Voyager about five or six years ago. Yes. And now we've got yeah. Spider Boy, the same yeah. thing. It's like, what? what? Yeah. Stop trying to draw backwards. But anyway, uh, the, cover of this uh you see the white widow who looks exactly like florence pugh's adaptation of the character 
simply in a bla- a white body stocking with the familiar widow sting wristbands, and she is blasting through a cavalcade of AIM soldiers with the classic beehive helmets. Uh, so yes, for the fans of Black Widow and a little bit more of the surface level spy stuff, this could be uh, a big grab. I don't know, Todd, is this something that, that, that pulls on your heart strangely interested? Well, I like that this is a four-part miniseries. Yes. I like that. I like because that then it's much. not like because it, it, I love it when they have a story to tell and they 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 make it condensed and it, and it works. Yeah, Half right. the time it's it's well worth because it's a trade. It's a it's a it's a book you can recommend to somebody versus like right. well they continue it out. So I I think this could be a lot of fun. Um, she's a, a character I've really enjoyed quite a bit. We're gonna see her again in Thunderbolt. She may come back again before then, but who knows. There's there's a whole lot of who knows. And speaking of a whole lot of who knows, let's talk about San Diego Comic-Con and who may or may not be there. The first of which of the not be there is going to be Disney and the representatives in Marvel Cinematic Universe. We They have they have withdrawn from Hulk H. Uh, so, yeah. Writer strike, obviously a factor. They don't have things to actually talk about because everything has kind of become pretty hypothetical. Um, because again, all of their upcoming projects are untitled this. We hope this is coming out. There's an X-Men thing, maybe. Maybe Daredevil's happening. Our we- main character, or one of our main characters, might yeah. be going to jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that might throw absolutely everything in the toilet. Uh looks like HBO is not gonna be there because they're don't know what they've got going on. Uh House of the Dragon season two, Last of Us, season two of both of those shows are in the mix. Uh but Max or the former HBO Max. Uh, well, oh, say, oh, no, it says out HBO in Max. What? <laughs> Did I miss something? Well, because <laughs> this is the weird part, Charlie. This is, oh, they say, company versus Max is the title. Yeah. Because essentially, like, Max is a subset of, of H, uh, like, uh, HBO is a subset of uh, Max. Oh, okay. So it's like Max is the service, and it's like Showtime on Paramount Plus. Showtime I is a part it. of that. Because, yeah. because there are still uh, people. Because there's out, like, a lot of people, shitty people, stuff on Max, this, and they don't yeah. want it to be like, oh, HBO made House Hunting Seattle? What? Yeah, well, they've still got people <laughs> out there who, believe it or not, have actual cable, uh, and they watch HBO. They don't have Max. So whatever. Well, no, you cannot get HBO anymore. You can only get Max. I still don't get it. But anyway, it looks like also also Sony is not going to be around. Uh, they have uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Madam Web, and Craven the Hunter, Gran Turismo uh, on their docket. Uh, no Universal Pictures, no Netflix. Warner Brothers will be there. Boy, there's, uh, you know, is it kind of like a stance of bravery? Like, we're going to still be, we're, we're, we're sticking in there. We're still going to well, be there. Mo- well, most of his stuff, there's, it's so far away. Yeah. So they can typically, right. James Gunn can just show up and say, ah, there's some things he and Saffron could show up and pitch right. it. And, and he could give more ideas about kind of the concepts and things mm-hmm. like that. But I honestly don't want to know everything. Yeah. I, I got to the point of like, because if it doesn't happen, I'm screwed. Or if it's like, oh, I'm hearing negative things about this project. Yeah. I just want to just know about things. And invest the emotional energy. No, I understand. Uh, yeah. Looks like Paramount Pictures is going to be there, but there's no Star Trek talk going on. They're taking a serious black eye right now over this deal with Star Trek Prodigy. Mm-hmm. So uh looks like NBC slash Peacock, Undecided, uh, Amazon in-ish. 
So they're going to sort of be there, I guess it means. Uh, they would potentially be talking about Wheel of Time uh, and the second season of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Uh, in addition to God of War, Todd, that's you, Fallout. It's a lot of video game stuff. That's kind of their space. Well, no, this is going to be adaptations. Oh, well, of course. No, no, no. I understand that. But yeah. that's, that's you know, that's several in a row. Um, yep. a- Apple TV Plus, not decided if they're going to make it. Uh, if they did, they would potentially be, be talking about the Beanie Bubble, uh, season two of Severance and Manhunt. Oh boy, Funko is going to be there. Todd, you know, they're my favorite. That's not TV network, but the product. Well, they're doing that thing now, Funko yourself too, where it's like you can get a Funko oh, that looks like you. Like Hasbro. Which isn't very hard because it's like big eyes yeah. and a hairdo. It, it's Hasbro self Yeah, Todd, I could make one of Let me grab one of the Funkos off the upstairs. So I could say, look, the Spider Man is really me. Can't you tell? Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's about it. So, uh, and again, uh, especially in a post COVID world, um, much of uh, San Diego Comic-Con material uh, finds its way online. I don't know if they're going to stream or hold things back, but what do they really have to hold back? You know, there's not like, oh God, remember it was, it was last year, the year before that it's like, here's a trailer for Mandalorian season three. And they sat on, or maybe it was a celebration. They really sat on it and people really didn't know what was in there. And that's, that's all well and good. Should be that way. And I've always said this, these shows are so popular that they run up, they sell out before most people could even think to buy the tickets. So right. it's not like you're saying, well, if if we show it there, you won't, people won't show up. No, people will show up to these things yeah. because it's an event. Yeah. It's so much excitement to meet people. Um, I did have to laugh, though, because uh, like with some of these, it's like, well, NBC won't show up if the actors are strike. Makes sense. You can't bring yeah. anybody out. The other part is Amazon. So we don't know if it's going to be have their panels or they'll just have displays on the like signs. <laughs> they'll be there by having signs. <laughs> what a shit posters. Show. What a shit show. <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it could be like, and I mean, you could accomplish all of that at basically a flea market somewhere. So yeah. Uh, what a mess. Was, what a mess. There's obviously yeah. there's people who are very diehards for this kind of stuff, and I get that. But, That's okay. But this is like the still. The biggest convention for all pop culture anywhere else. It puts everyone to shame because you're going to get Marvel Comics showing up. You're going to get all the publishers. You're going to get stars still showing up. Sure. Hawking the words. So regardless of what you think, like Hollywood's not showing up. This was a big deal before Hollywood showed up. Well, Hollywood showing up really was as of 20, 2005 or eight. Yeah. And well, eight was like the big year because when Marvel got big, that was until 2008. So you didn't see Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and San Diego Comic Con having been around since 1972, so over 50 years. So, yeah. and, but back then it was probably at the you know San Diego Ramada or Holiday Inn, and it was a bunch of nerds like us digging through dusty comic boxes. It was it was real. It was life. It was raw. And now it's this, yeah. but now it's kind of it's going back in the direction. So interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Todd, take us home. What is our last story about? So Mr. last Spawn? story is interesting because Spawn is kind of like the indie darling of comics has become an icon uh, for starting over. I mean, with when when Todd McFarlane and all those famous artists from Marvel left to form Image, it was unprecedented. You had artists forming this company. It was all about creator rights. And Spawn was one of the first characters. I think there's only one other character that's still ongoing along with that. And I think that's Savage Dragon, and that could be wrong too. But he's the one that survived, and he's been around for 30 plus years. And we have gotten, we've got a Spawn movie 
And we also got an HBO animated series, which actually was kind of cool. Uh, but those were all like, we're talking like early 2000s, like Spawn, the movie was no, mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the, the animated series was like maybe late 90s, early 2000s. So we haven't seen Spawn in a while, but he's right. popped Michael, up in video games. He's got multiple comics. Uh, he's over 300 issues of Spawn now. And Todd McFarlane is is trying to will this new film into existence. I don't know <laughs> if Spawn has a big fan base anymore or if it's just like a dark, a diehard. I don't know. Right. It sells well, but that's comic still. Um, no one has come up to me randomly and said, hey, Todd, what's going on with Spawn? Nobody does that. <laughs> what's the word no? on the street? Really? What, what's Elf. the word on the street? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. Yeah, but uh, the good news is that at least um, Tom McFarlane is now partnering with Blumhouse. Uh, oh, so Blumhouse, you if you know, okay. they are like the hotness when it comes to like indie horror films and such. So this could go well that they're working on together uh, and they're partnering uh, to bring uh, basically Spawn back to the screen. And he's been working on it since 2016, apparently, to bring this movie out. So almost 10 years. And the big part is he wants to be he wants to direct this. And I don't know if that has ever worked out having the creator of something also be the director of a film. Um, I mean, he doesn't even write the, he doesn't even draw the comic book anymore. He pretty he doesn't even write it. I don't think so. He's kind of stepped away creatively. Oh, he's so, he's more uh, going to be Mr. Big picture vision. Like this was my, this is what I, when I created it, I was thinking of X, Y, Z, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, is there precedent? And is it, do we not know if there's precedent because it was such Frank a, Miller such a dismal film? Oh. Yeah, Frank Miller directed The Spirit, if you remember. Because uh, Frank Miller was involved in Sin City and 300, because those are both his properties, mm-hmm. from a like producer, make sure it's accurate, things like that. And then I believe he actually directed a segment in Sin City 2, I think. But then he directed the, the the Spirit, which is not one of his properties, but Will Eisner is one of his greatest creations. Yeah. That movie, I've never seen it, but apparently it's horrible. It's got Samuel L. Jackson as the bad guy. It's got some other knows. I I probably should watch that movie just because I'm like curious. Who, I'm like, who was the star if Sam Jackson was the oh, villain? Good question. Um, you know, keep writing, Charlie, about I just, Spawn, and I I'll just, look that up. I just thought, well, yeah, okay, Spawn, 1997, Michael Jai White. It was the uh, the beginning of the career of uh, who played the clown? Leg- John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Yep. Um, blah, 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 blah. who else was even in that movie? I was thinking of Ice T was in. That's it, about that, it. Ice T was in it, but that was Tank Girl. Oh, Martin Sheen wasn't Martin Sheen like the bad guy? Oh God! Like one of those classics, like where you have like a, a he movie. was a politician. You have a or, movie, and yeah. he's a rap guy, and it's like I, I remember the uh, I remember the Chris Rock routine uh, with Pootie Tang. He says in my movie, it's a uh, uh, Trucky and Martin Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Okay, I found it, Charlie. So here's okay. the cast of 2008 uh, Spirit. Okay. Uh, Gabriel Mock was the lead character, which. I, oh. He was in Suits. He went on to his, to fam- his most famous role was in Suits. Which I didn't watch. Yes. Uh, Ava Mendez was in it. Sarah Paulson's okay. in it. Ooh. Dan Loria is in it. He was uh, Kevin, uh, oh, Kevin, Kevin's Kevin's dad, dad in Wonder Years. Yep. Paz Vega. Paz Vega. Oh, uh, okay. Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson and Samuel Jackson was the bad guy. Just watch a Scarlett Johansson movie today and we rewatched it because something ticked. We were talking about clones or whatever. The, we watched the the island again from two. Maybe this might have to be your bad trip to the movie. It might be the spirit, Charlie. Oh, my gosh. That's good. Well, we are thinking about doing an extended series of the Fast and Furious movies because. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Put those to bed. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yes, we will. We will put, it, put them to put them to bed with our power. But uh, all right. So, again, uh, with anything that that may happen, uh, it's definitely 
it may happen with uh, no writers, potentially with no actors. So uh, literally everything we've talked about here take with a grain of salt, except except for the White Widow comic thing. That's definitely happening. Yeah, comics um, are still happening. Yeah, They're comics, not in the, yeah. the Screen Actors yeah, Guild, so the, the, uh, Dune, yeah, the writers. Yeah. Dune is happening because it's done. So, But yeah, anything that's being talked about being made, uh, I, I would say don't hold your expect breath. Expect delays. Yeah, expect delays delays, and dismays. Uh, yes. Well, anyway, with that, that is the end of the news. Todd, time to uh, get out that Fuber app, that Feeble Uber app. The Geek Easy awaits down in Nastyville, Skugtown, where we're talking about what we're enjoying. Let's do it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are getting our nerd on. So uh, we're in the middle of a lot of TV shows. A lot of things are coming out. Uh, I was going to talk about The Witcher this week, but I want to watch a couple more episodes before I talk about that. So, Charlie. Witchy Witcher. Uh, yeah, yes. so the only show I really consumed this week was um, was Secret Invasion. Uh, episode two, we talked about episode one uh, last week. Uh, neither one of us was uh, particularly blown away. Uh, by that first episode, we think it's some setup and it seems kind of dour, and you know, it's going to be this very street level thing, and there's kind of an alien part of it, and blah blah blah, but it's just not, you know, and then it ended with the big bang. Uh, if full spoiler, sorry, because uh, for both one and two, we lost Maria Hill at the end of uh, episode one, so we kick off episode two. And we're learning more about the intrigue of the character that it was very hinted at is Sam Sam's son, uh, Ben, who is played by Ben Adir. What is what is it, what is it? What is the actor's name? Dravic or the actor? Yeah, oh, the actor. Uh, the character? Yeah, or the actor. It's Ben 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 Kingsley Adir or something like that. It's just his name. Go, it's like Kingsley son. It's Ben Kingsley's son, <laughs> even though even even though he's black. Um, but yeah, it no, could be. I mean, he, has, he could have he, Ben Kingsley could have married a, a woman of color, and right. she, he took her last name. So there you go. Ooh, well, look at that a little research project for you. It wouldn't it wouldn't take two strokes of Google to figure it out. But yeah, we we learn a little bit more in this episode about what's developing. Uh, we get a return of uh, Don Cheadle as Rhodey, who is now clearly a very high... He's still referred to as Colonel Rhodes, so you don't necessarily know if he's... I don't think he's perhaps not in the military anymore, but he is uh, part of the State Department and at the behest of the U.S. President, played by Dylan McDermott... Not Dylan McDermott. Der- he's Dermot an Mulroney. Dermot, yes, he's an envoy. Dermot Mulroney. That, that's who the President is now. Uh, although, I think by the time we get to Captain America World Order, isn't... Um, Harrison Ford's supposed to be the president as, as William Thunderbolt. No, he's Ross. he's going to be Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, but he's, I think he's supposed to be the president. Maybe Mulroney is killed. Yeah. I don't know. I've not there's heard anything be, about gonna be Ross a, being president. There's going to okay. be another election. But anyway, um, so yeah, he tries to yeah. Uh, Don Cheadle is already trying to talk some sense into Fury. Not happening. Uh, a couple of twists and turns, more you know, fights, some more Sam Jackson painfully running around, which I know is Todd's favorite thing about this show. Ah, ow, my hip! Uh, and then at the uh, conclusion of the episode, Sam Jackson wanders into a residence. There's a woman cooking in the kitchen. She says, didn't you forget something? He turns around and picks up a wedding ring, puts it on, and then they make out because this is his scrully scroll wife. A lot going on. 
What do you think? Yes. Lots of good moments uh, uh, in this. I think this is much better. They should have put yeah. two episodes out because it would have given us a better picture about the whole thing. Why Correct. the Avengers are included. Right. Um, you know, a lot of more of the, the, the impact kind of like some good moments between Nick Fury and Talos uh, yep. essentially saying, well, what happened and why didn't. Right. So there's a lot of tension that it, it would have been better served to bring us up to speed rather than pulling us back. First episode yeah. under, under, uh, just a little too shallow, yeah. and this one's better. And right. uh, we find out there's a million scrolls on Earth, which is kind of cool because then now it's like, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot, and they can cause chaos. And why they don't want the Avengers there is because they don't want the the scrolls to mm-hmm. impersonate an Avenger, and that causes more disarray. And who do you trust? Kind of that's that's what we got in the comic was who 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 of the heroes can you trust now? Which yeah, this is this is interesting because the scrolls. Uh, and, and I'd have to pull out my big book and look it up, don't actually have mimicry superpowers. They simply mimic the appearance of who Correct. they're imitating. The only really powered super scroll, and it's through genetic manipulation or whatever it is, is the super scroll, who, in addition to being able to shapeshift as a scroll does, has the powers of the Fantastic Four. Correct. But what's kind of interesting about that is that he has the powers of the Fantastic Four at a great one at a time. No, 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 right? no, not one at a time. You can use all four at the same time. You certainly can, but there is okay. at a greatly reduced rate because the Fantastic Four's powers grew over time, and Super Scroll has their powers when they were new to the hero game. So he's not as powerful as the Fantastic Four as so. A game. So I can address your point to this because we find out um, Talos' daughter is getting a little confused why there's the scientist there and as you see she looks at her research and her research is essentially going that they're, they're going to do they're genetically altering skulls scrolls so you've yeah. got they showed yeah. a, sc- a a Groot. they showed extremists right. they showed what else uh, a couple other yeah there, there were races. you know i haven't yeah. watched i'd like to follow uh, eric voss over on the new rock stars uh, youtube channel i'm mm-hmm. sure he did, i'm sure he did an easter egg video i haven't watched it but i probably will go do that because it's, it's but yeah i caught Groot. i caught the extremist one and there's one of their hero one that was related so yeah there's something pop but on their uh, on their yeah. uh, their old dos based computers because they're at Chernobyl or wherever they're hiding out. Yeah. So that is their, that is their tactic essentially. Well, yeah. how do we make this even worse? Well, if then they could then copy superheroes abilities, very easy to once again, infiltrate. So, right, right. Uh, so we do see strained relationships, great scene with Nick Fury and Rhodey, uh, essentially a confrontation, great acting. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So I know people are saying, Oh, it's boring. Like, there are good elements in there that are great that are stronger than the action on the screen. It is character interaction. We've got some really great actors on this. So I think it's definitely worth it for that, even though the action, I would say at this point, is subpar. Although, yeah. you know, when they invaded, uh, when, uh, what's her name? Um, the, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. Yeah. When she came in and they were trying, I mean, there's some good action scenes there, and Olivia yeah. Coleman's great. She's. We don't know where, I mean, she's essentially more yeah. extreme than S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Right. So I like these elements. Yeah. The only thing I'm a little confused, and I need someone to validate, maybe you can, Charlie, the fact that when Nick Fury does come home and you see his wife, obviously makes sense. He With 30 years, he would have met someone, fallen in love. Why did she change back to human? I didn't get that because it seems like it would have been the opposite. Like she would have been there because she doesn't want anybody to see her. Right. Her husband comes. She shows her true self. You so is it? You may simply because that was that was the button at the end of that episode. You may simply find out in episode three. It may be addressed right away, or maybe it'll stay a mystery and it's some enduring because we're getting we're getting six episodes of this. So the next one is three. So we're halfway through. Um, I would imagine if there there are great mysteries to be unraveled, it will that 
could clearly be a part of it. I had no idea yeah. this was a part of it that was coming. I think a lot of uh, a lot of the plot deals for the uh, details for this has been, have been kept under wraps, which I appreciate. Well, we know nothing about Nick Nick Fury's like personal life and it's nope. been that way yeah, and yeah. we yeah. found out he had a son that he right. lost so maybe that's they right. had a son together and he was a scroll and right. it, it was kind of like gravic became like a son to him lots there on the three but i am curious right. to see why it, when she changed back it would have been to me it'd been more interesting if she changed after like she came home and like yeah. showed herself like oh okay right. this seems like is there some even subterfuge within their relationship i don't know don't know that's that's all part of the that's the, why you watch more the cool super spiry stuff and we'll continue talking i figured it out charlie I'd they want you to keep watching to learn more that's why they don't that, that's why they don't netflix it and everybody watches it in a weekend and then it's never heard from again and then yeah you never talk about it again and yeah, it's like exactly. oh, i wonder why that show wasn't popular because Nobody talked about it for after a week. Right. Yeah. So nobody ever came back in. So, oh, oh, all right. So, and then secondly, um, and then we're going to jump in and talk about a film that came out this week that we both saw. But uh, April and I started a tradition a couple of years ago, July 4th weekend, which we're, we're, we're kind of in July 4th week, for lack of better expressions, recording this on Sunday. It's July 2. Uh, but we have always done a little gauntlet of films uh, that either center around a setting of the July 4th time period or just in general kind of patriotic America. Uh, and it was funny. I was looking at a list of top 30 best and I added a few to it, but traditionally we've always done independence day from 1996, a film Todd's not fond of, but that I absolutely love. Uh, we do, there's an episode of the original star Trek called the Omega glory that has to do with, uh, mm-hmm. yes, that has to do with the enterprise crew stumbling, uh, upon a planet that has some ties to kind of patriotic America in their distant past, which I think was very interesting. Uh, we watch the 1997 classic. I know what you did last summer with Jennifer love Hewitt because it has a, uh, and your girl Buffy is in it as well. Has a Fourth uh, of July setting. Um, we watched the Flight of the Navigator, old Disney movie, again a July Fourth setting. Uh, but we we lo- looking into the patriotic aspect of it. We're moving on to include Forrest Gump, which is a film I love, very patriotic. Um, Saving Private is Ryan, it? yeah. That movie feels anti-patriotic because of all the bad but things that happen because of politics and but it's, yeah. but it's very but it's very American. It's Americana. It's Americana. It's, Americana. it's not patriotic. There yeah. you go. So I I, I suppose July, you're you doing that one. Going to do the Patriot. Oh, the port, the born on the Fourth of July is one that April won't watch, and I understand. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. she, she just finds it very disturbing, and I totally understand oh. that. I haven't watched it in years, but yeah, I understand. I love that movie. When I saw, it, I was like, "This is a fantastic film." I, I First, totally agree. Tom Cruise, like great acting performance we got. Yes. Yeah, and, and deepening my very complicated relationship with tom cruise or two other films we watch top gun which is which watching it through a modern lens is is a shitty movie but i watched top gun maverick again for the first time since last summer i love that movie oh my it's really it's actually really really good i couldn't believe how much i'd liked it watching it again i was really i was kind of glued to the screen I liked it, but I think I would find more flaws more I watched, like, the fact that they just duplicated so much from the first movie. I'm like, I don't need to hear Great Balls of Fire again. Yeah. I don't need this. Oh, it just seems like it's... I take I, those things out or doing new pitch. I would have liked that better, I think. I, but yeah, I, totally good. I, I agree, and don't, you know, don't forget in... Uh, as that movie rolled, the entire, the, the entire kind of cold open of the film is just footage of planes going around on the deck of an aircraft yep. carrier, which is... Until the until the third act of this film, there there are there are no planes on an aircraft carrier. That's just the end of it. And of course, as yeah. it was pointed out in either pitch meeting or something else, uh, their entire trench run is is kind of stolen from the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but actually, no. It's a it, it's a film that I, I and again deepening my complicated relationship with how much I likes. You know, I respect Tom Cruise as an artist, but as an individual in the real world, he just he's 
he's a weirdo he, he just he really turns me off um i i was i was surprised how much i really enjoyed this film so top gun maverick uh is in the gauntlet as well so that's something fun that we do you know just as we're bumming around uh having that kind of going kind of yeah kind of but yeah you're right americana is a better way to describe it over patriotism so i like that so it's, it's our fourth of july you can see the patriot america. with mel gibson and in, right. in, in colonial times or you know revolutionary right. times exactly a real feel good feel good picture kaboom kaboom or somebody's where a cannonball takes out guys like i remember that scene I'm like Ooh. Ooh, that sounds very I, I if i've seen that movie i don't remember much about it but brutal war was pretty brutal back then because yeah, you just yeah, yeah you didn't die well, well there was uh, <laughs> another one of the ones on the list was glory which i know uh oh, I, yeah. I, I know the guy cannonball blows off a guy's head in that and uh robert uh, Sh- robert shaw uh who was uh, matthew broderick's character of the film has a residence hall uh, on the campus of michigan state named after him there you go. I did not know that. Shaw Hall, you got it. You got it. All right. Oh. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, and again, we're going to give tiny impressions upon this because our big yes. blowout about this film is going to be in, in two weeks, I think. Correct. Yeah. So we'll be having a special guest to talk about Indiana Jones, uh, The Dial of Destiny in a spoiler cast as we normally would do, but we're just right. going to give impressions this week. Yeah, so, so we're going yeah, to keep you want, spoiler our, free. Spoiler free. If you want everything big about this movie, but just ultimately this is really just quick impressions. That's it. We're right. not going to give like scores. We're not going to give um, right. any any feedback on specific parts of the movie because uh, it's fairly new and go check it out. See it. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, check it out for yourself. But um, that's really where we're at. So this movie, uh, I went and saw it with a friend of mine uh, um, who I did not know this, but Indiana Jones is his favorite movie series and Harrison Ford is his favorite actor. So based awesome. on that, I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh, I should have worn like my fedora and shit. And I'm like, oh, you should have. I, I would yeah. have, I would have done, I was coming home from a couple of days uh, on the road. Uh, most of my cosplay stuff is in the garage. So I did not take the time to dig it out, but I, but I might, it was also really hot. Did not want to oh, put yeah. on all that stuff, but yeah. 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 So, um, and he, so he was, he was psyched for it. He was realistic about some of the better aspects and worst aspects of Crystal Skull. He actually did not want me to mention the name Mutt at all. <laughs> so he's, he's realistic. He's not like, oh, delusionary. Like the people yeah. that like say, oh, everything like, is great. Yeah, oh, it's very, a great film. Very rose colored glass. Like, like, yeah. like a lot of people are about a lot of franchises. Yeah. They get kind of franchise glasses. It's fair. exactly. It's fair. Yeah. So, th- so I will say, uh, not giving anything away, um, I enjoyed this film. Um, I, I recognize its flaws. And I think your mileage may vary if I think you ultimately have to be an Indiana Jones fan to really get into this movie series as a casual viewer. I think this movie is very shallow on so many aspects. That's a very good point. If I could jump in and it was, it was clearly evidence, not only in the theater we saw it in, but in the row that we saw it in two different instances, as we're sitting there, uh, April was to my left and immediately to her left was a young couple and man and woman, um, further down that same row. And we were in the third or fourth row going back, all the seats were recliner. So it's, you know, give a little bit more distance, but there was a woman, uh, I think just a, a woman of of probably younger than us with seven or eight young children, seven or mm. eight young children. So to your point, uh, in the movie theater, I even though I went to the bathroom beforehand, I had to get up in the middle. So I get up and I'm walking to pee. And I, as I'm coming back, the the young man and woman sitting to April's left, the guy uh, is right next to April sitting ex- incredibly engaged. The girl could not be more bored, uh, is literally doing this. If you can see me on YouTube, (laughs) 
I was like that poor young. She looked as like she would rather be watching paint dry. Really, it was like contented. a trade off, right? Like, you, yeah. this is one for you, one for me. <laughs> exactly. And then, as far as the kids go, I, I was like, oh great, there's a bunch of kids in our row. They're going to be bouncing off the walls and being obnoxious. They weren't really that young. But April turns to me and saying. Who would bring young kids to a movie like this? The last Indiana Jones movie was 15 years ago. None of these kids were born. Uh, and and the classic era of Indiana Jones was 40 years ago. It's just not really uh it's it's in, in the same way that Star Trek is in a lot of ways, though we you know, the Star Trek is a franchise, not that they're really doing great right now doing it, doesn't necessarily reach across the aisle to kids. Um, Indiana Jones is really for people like us, it, you know, it, it's for your late 40 early, you know, it's your, for your 40 somethings, maybe late 30 somethings, um, people who watch it with their older sibling, blah, blah, blah. But as far as seeing it in the theater, I mean, the heyday of Indiana Jones and, and I, you know, and, and, and please at me on Twitter at the C3 or, uh, at secret friends, you, uh, if you are someone who absolutely loved crystal skull and that may, you know what, somebody out there listening, that could be their favorite Indiana Jones movie. I don't cast any aspersions on that love what you love but the true heyday of indiana jones is in the 80s it's you know it's people who are our age todd people who are people who are plus or minus probably five to ten years of you and i but not you know teenagers now and not young not not 20 somethings now it wasn't a reach across the aisle kind of film for that poor young lady who i would estimate was probably in her late 20s if at all but just yeah it is very endemic yeah it does it is very much a movie for the fan base uh probably very much the same way that um in some ways uh you know some of the later star wars films are very much a movie for the fan base so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and and Indiana Jones hasn't been in the zeitgeist. It's not like there's other things going out that carries it forward. Like Star Wars, you had series and animated. Yeah, like Indiana yeah. Jones is like it happens every fifteen years, and it's and it's building upon itself rather than like oh we're starting over again and here's new characters and we're doing that reintroduce like James right. Bond or even Star Wars where here's now you know the sequel series here's new characters yeah. new excitement builds True. on the past but it's still like you can glom onto these characters. They haven't done uh they haven't treated Indiana Jones. I would say exceedingly well because um, essentially people have said, I've got other priorities. They didn't make this their priority. Um, So that's a shame. And we did have James Mangold, which um, now based on the performance of this film, I know a lot of people saying, Oh, are they going to give him like, this has so little to do with James Mangold. It has more to do with the franchise, right. all the factors of having an 80 year old man, right. um, like a, a 15 year gap between movies. Right. Um, all of these things essentially rarely work out. And why were people thinking, uh, especially after the last film was not very good. So it's like, right. You're taking all these things back and say, well, Top Gun did great. I'm like, well, Top Gun is a lightning in a bottle. It is well, not the and rule. It, and it wasn't a, uh, you know, foot and mouth or, or boots on the ground action film. It was about an action film that took place in, in aircraft, you know, in flying, uh, in, in jets and stuff. It was a simple story. You had, you, yes. you could easily believe. Too. I mean, yes. Yeah, precisely. As we were just talking about Top Gun Maverick, but you know, yes, you did get, and I always like to make fun of any time Tom Cruise, anything, the Tom Cruise run. I did like to make fun of that without a doubt. Um, but that was, and that was featured in, in Maverick, but, uh, Indiana Jones, the entire role is very physical. Uh, he's running around the entire first sequence. As many people know, was, uh, a CGI de-aging. The first 20 minutes of it, uh, was sold in 1944 at the end of world war two. Again, this is from the trailers, not spoiling anything. Then the rest of the film is told 
in night in the summer of 1960 the summer yes. of 69 so and he charlie he was born in 1999 so even He's, then where we always yeah. said always oh, always the same age unfortunately though harrison ford is now 10 years older so this yeah. really should have taken place this should have been the in last the movie yeah so at least it would have been mirroring that but he's te- even 10 years older than the character on screen exactly. which is just so weird you so know, uh, i, I yeah. guess they were they were trying to find a way to tie it back to uh you know world war ii and uh, phoebe waller bridge's character which, as, which yeah. as as we know is the the daughter of of toby jones's character which we see in the in the in the run-up sequence in world war ii so yeah that's that makes a little bit more sense i suppose but still anyway we will talk about this definitely a little bit more yes, in depth more to come in a couple of weeks but um but yeah definitely feel free to uh you know add us to twitter and other socials uh with yeah. your impressions of the film. we'd love to hear about it and uh hit those up and we will once we get to our uh, big spoiler cast. We'll definitely talk about your comments. If you yeah, I, but I do recommend it if you're a fan of the series or if you've introduced your children and they enjoy it too. Yeah. By all means, enjoy. Yeah, exactly correct. All right, so let's wrap it up with a little discussion about the third episode of Strange New Worlds, season two, season two. So. Yes, yes. So uh, Strange New Worlds this season feels like they're hitting on a lot of like classic tropes. Um, like, oh, we're masquerading as like spies. We're doing this part. Uh, the last one was a court case. This one, they hit on time travel and basically kind of mirroring uh, City on the Edge of Tomorrow. That's the name of that episode, City right? And Charlie? Forever. City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah, Forever. Okay. Okay. So that was a classic episode about forlorn love yeah. and world ending and changing history. Really funny. You know yeah. it because you've seen Spock and Kirk in like the gangster suits. So. Right. It's a great look. And Harlan Ellison wrote that one. It's one of the best, you know, heritage yeah. episodes. It's, I, I think, well, it, it I, 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 you know, as I mentioned to you, because uh, we were yeah. talking about uh, Jim Kirk's brother and, and how he died, I, I watched that. TOS episode called the Operation Annihilate was the episode that followed uh, City on the Age Forever, which I also watched this week because in the Ready Room, uh, fo- uh, which is the follow-on show that Will Wheaton hosts, don't get me started, uh, he talked a little bit about that episode, and so it made me want to yeah. go back and watch again. It's yeah. still uh, Joan Collins and it's 1930s yeah. New York. It's an incredible setting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, essentially, this is doing the same thing, uh, but the premise is very smaller because you really only have one member of the cast who goes back in the past. She gets basically interrupted by uh, a guy who gives her device and says, you got to go to the bridge. And that's all. And she goes to the bridge and she is on the bridge of a different enterprise. So it's essentially, woo, it happens. And then this is essentially a Tina episode with her, with Captain Kirk, who is now the captain of the Enterprise, right. a different timeline. Alt, he, yeah, alt version of himself, but it's still Paul Wesley, who we got as Kurtz yes. in another alt version uh, uh, version of himself at the end in the uh, the Quality of Mercy, which was the season one finale, which retold, uh, which walked through the ep- the uh, the sequence of events from A Balance of Terror, which was a TOS episode where we in- were introduced to the Romulans. And yep. it was Pike trying to stop his own annihilation, his own his own fate at the end of season one and figuring out yep. that he couldn't do it without sacrificing Spock. So um, loved it. Fil- I-, I enjoyed this very much. Yet, is it tropey? Without a doubt. I think they're hitting tropes that that kind of work with their own spin. Well, you that's can kind of if idea. you do it well, right? Yeah, and, and, everything's and, and, forgiven yeah. if you do it well. That's very um, true. I always and hate I, the, I hate modern times. I always, I always, we're going right. back and we're going to hit a specific time that is very specific to you because it's cheaper. Right. We don't have to worry about costumes. Well, and, we can yeah, do this. And yeah. they, they filmed this uh, in and around downtown Toronto, which is where the show yes. films. This was our first uh, take on Canada in all of Star Trek, which it's, which is funny that she knows so much about Canada. I'm like. 
Seriously? Well, it's like how do you uh, know so much about this time frame? You know, in uh, in the the DS Nine episode, which we talked about several times over on yeah. uh, Code Forty Seven, the two parter where they they go back to twenty twenty four, but it came out in nineteen ninety five, and they're like the Sanctuary District. There's these 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 uh, walled off sections where they put homeless people. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Cisco was a twenty first century historian where that had never never necessarily came. He loved baseball and stuff, but he wasn't like a history expert. But then, for the purpose of this episode, he totally was um yes. so yeah same kind same kind yeah. of thing um totally so, totally happens yeah I, I enjoyed this quite a bit but it was it wasn't because of the plot it was because of the connection between uh lon and uh kirk, kirk. yeah they, i yeah, thought their it. chemistry was great i really enjoyed that and that was and and i i really think carol kane has been a phenomenal add to this cast. Right. She's fun. She's goofy. She has not aged a day since Taxi. She's great in Kimmy Schmidt. I mean, yep. such a great actress. Okay. So awesome. And that made this better because I was like, when I first thought, it was like, oh, we're going to like, I was just like, I hate when they do this. I hated it in Picard when they did it. I hated that time well, frame. In Picard, like, they, doing they, that they, they did yeah. it over a season and they did not. And again, like you said, troperific, forgiven if it's done well. And Picard in season two is a train wreck, you know, the entire yes. thing. Um, I will uh, I will tease that um, we've not seen the last of Paul Wesley as Kirk. He does have another appearance later in the season, but I will not tell you any more about it. But he is coming back. Um, yeah. yeah. And, it, 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 and you will enjoy that. I believe you'll enjoy that one as well. Yeah, and I just love this. Once again, this series is a great, just great way to jump into Star Trek. You, It's not overbearing you with like, oh, a bigger plot is happening. It's just letting you enjoy characters in episode, great, uh, episode, and great. And it's introducing yeah. so, and it's doing a lot to introduce so much every episode. It's like, it's yeah. building this universe. And I right. love that more than just like one big storyline because I feel like you've got a lot of subpar things because yeah. of the pacing because you got to get to the end. This is a much better way to do it, I think, I for agree. Star Trek. I agree. And I would say, and Tad, you and I both said, and, and we've recommended this to other, you know, kind of non-Star Trek people. It, you could jump onto this show and and just really, I think, enjoy it as a standalone, and then it opens the doorway to other Star Trek related things. Should that be your fancy, but you could also just watch and enjoy this show. That's the beauty of it. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, Paramount uh, Plus is the home uh, of almost all of Star Trek, but it is the home of this show. Uh, so go watch it. Drops every Thursday. Uh, we are on. Uh, this was episode three of ten. Um, we still have the Lower Decks crossover coming up that's probably going to be episode number seven so we'll see it a little later in the summer but yeah top marks totally agree with you uh this is rapid this is really rapidly moved up the ranks uh of probably my third or fourth favorite star trek series these guys are really great absolutely well very good well now charlie it's time for us to make our way We're to a very cheap flight right uh, to go to the land down under as you would say air Qantas, take us away so we can talk to the mutants about a year called 2003 welcome to another edition of thunderdome thank you tina the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're doing a fun little look back. I've always wanted to do this, but I figured it's the best time to do it because we've seen some movies. We've got a gap of content. So we're looking back at a year that ends in the year in, in the number three. So I picked 2003. This mm. was kind of a fun year. In the future, we could do, you know, 83, 93. Oh, I love it. Every year. All over, those years could be fun. Uh, they call it over on the weekly broadcasting, they call it the time crapsule. Like it's a <laughs> the crap. Happy pop culture references, but yes, no, and we've we and we've done that with uh, when we do uh, we do anniversary episodes of Secret yeah. Friends where we look back. So this is like yeah. us doing the same thing. So it's kind of fun doing yeah. these like little episodes. Like 
So um, I'll give you a little bit about 2003. First of all, in 2003, uh, I was at this time, I was just coming back from Saudi Arabia in the Air Force. Um, it was a different time, uh, married for about two years, and uh, I would be getting out of the Air Force uh, this December, if you look at it that way. So that's where I was in my life. So I had just returned back from Saudi Arabia and happy to be home with my wife after being gone as part of Operation Iraqi Freedom uh, for six months. So that's and, where and I was in my life. Did you personally bring freedom to the Iraqis? Don't don't be modest. Well, uh, George Bush said mission accomplished. So oh, okay, good. Yes. Okay, thanks. Thanks for that. There was a great uh, Chappelle uh, sequence during the his show was on during this time where he had Black Bush. Uh, just Google it. I don't even want to quote anything from it. It's way too offensive. But it was very humorous. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. So it was a different time, different life. This is uh, and that, we're going to kind of give you some context to what what. 2003 was like for younger folks or people that just want to look back. George W. Bush was president. Uh, we created the Department of Homeland Security uh, basically because of all the 9-11 things. So that is uh, something that came out of that, a new department of uh, basically Homeland Defense. Uh, then we had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor of California, replaced Governor Gray Davis. What, what did he even do? Great David. I don't know. Like, apparently, people weren't happy with his leadership. Uh, Arnold okay. was a Republican. Yeah, if so, a right. Republican in California, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the governor. Apple's iTunes launch. So, folks, this is when like iPod existed, but no iPhone. And this I, is a and big iPod, deal. iPods were like basically the size of a deck of cards. Pretty much, and then they well, they were like the size of a yeah they were they were deck of, they yeah. had like thirty and gigabytes or something went, like that. They went down to basically the size of a. I don't even know how you like, like a nano, a, a micro, a, smaller, yeah. smaller than a matchbook. Yeah, I mean they got yeah, rid- yeah. and now and now they they don't exist. You just listen to everything on your phone. Exactly. Yeah. I think you could still buy an iPod. I think they finally they might have finally discontinued but I, for a while. I, there. You I, could I, still yeah. buy them. I think yeah. they're gone. I probably have one in a drawer somewhere. Gave one to well, sure. Like, Everybody does. Yeah, exactly. So why not? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then the space shuttle Columbia exploded over Texas. I remember this because I was in yeah. a chow hall in Saudi Arabia when this happened. Like, oh my goodness! I remember when the last space shuttle exploded yeah. when I was in elementary school. Yeah, I was, I was ten years old when yeah when the uh, the I was going to say Discovery the Challenger. Uh, in 1986, I was in gym class. They rolled a TV in or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, then the invasion of Iraq, like I mentioned, I was in Saudi Arabia there when I was yep. there, and Colin, <laughs> Colin Powell was there on uh, talking to the UN, basically saying we've got invaded, they've got weapons of mass destruction. Uh, guess what, folks? They did not. Um, hmm. So that's enough there. Funny how uh, the last, the last Volkswagen Beetle rolled off the production line we in Mexico. Were, this is ju- we were just talking about this last night because April was saying, "Hey, you know, in a couple of years, I might why because I just got a new car this week. I'm very excited about that Honda CRV." But we were talking about next car for April. She says, "You know, I would I'd be interested in maybe like a Mini Cooper or something like that." And I said, "What about the Volkswagen Beetle? Do they still make those?" And come find out they've made them in 20 years. That's very surprising to me. Well, no. So this is like the original. Oh, this is like okay. the one they got from Germany. Oh so they have been God. making them just legacy vehicles. Oh, I, had, no, no, I had no ideas. I had yeah, no, so no, the re- yeah. Yeah. So the rebooted Volkswagen bug, they made that until like 2013. Oh, my gosh. That's so, yeah, it, it was a fad that died out. Um, then we got uh, 10 most popular websites were Yahoo, AOL, MSN, <laughs> Microsoft, <laughs> eBay, Google was a small little guy, go.com, Netscape, Windows Media, and weather.com. Oh, well, everybody still loves weather.com, but it's an app. Um, Netscape doesn't exist. Uh, AOL doesn't really exist. 
I don't I don't you know. can only check these things out on a PC. Yeah, these were there was no mobile surfing in no, 2003. No, I, I don't we didn't have even the beginning of smartphones. I was we, I was talking about this era recently and it was 2005 that we got the um, Motorola Razor that's uh, with a Z and an R. Um, but prior to that in 2000 and, or 2001, we had the StarTac phone and it was a flip phone. But again, green screen or bl- bl- black screen, green. Yeah, black, black green screen. And Very limited, uh, yeah. yeah, and we still had those those um, basically use it as a bludgeoning instrument. The Nokia phones uh, yep. that were completely indestructible. But um, candy bars. Yeah, yeah, I had I had a flip phone at this time. And I was I was telling April about because we had that hands free law that went into effect in Michigan this week. I was talking about back in this time period. I had literally it was a plug and it went into what was formerly known as a cigarette lighter in a car. But it was a big speaker bud. And that that was how I talked because I was in my car. That's all I did is I because uh, yep. I was a salesperson. Um, that was my first experience with hands free. This was before Bluetooth or no head, GPS. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you were still doing you're still doing uh, map quest and printing things out if you needed to get somewhere. Yep. Oh, it was my a different God. world. Yeah, the first iPhone didn't come out until 2007, so that gives yeah. you an instance of like actually a screen where you could yeah. touch and do things. Yeah, right. So this is crazy. I was still, uh, I the, was still using my Palm Pilot. Todd. That's how I kept myself working. Exactly. I I had a Dell or something like that yeah. and it had a gps unit you could do it to yeah How it's funny. crazy world yeah tech was wow. tech was expensive and not cheap right. uh gas was a dollar 59 a gallon 2003 Ford Ranger cost $8,900. Wow. Pop paper towels were eight for a 12 pack roll, and Tide lo- liquid laundry detergent was six bucks for a 100 ounce jug. It's about, it's about three times the price now, as I recall. It's, well, it's double at least for some things, but gas is 3X. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so crazy. And then we had from over on Patreon, Corey Dury, who is one of our steady eddies, uh, had this to say about 2003. At the time, I was really excited for three movies The Matrix Reloaded. X-Men uh, 2, which, oh yeah, X-Men United. Yeah, that was, it was, that was the, the best of those three good ones, without a yeah. doubt. And Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, God, I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, video games, Knights of the Old Republic, or KOTOR. Uh, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. I thought that was a movie. Was that also a video game? It was a video game, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And when, when, I, when is this supposed to be Wind Walker? Or Wind, Wind Waker. Waker. Wind Waker. Okay. Game. Don't yeah. anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, Corey, I'm right with you, buddy. Uh, yeah. X2 was, um, uh, that was kind of the creme de la creme. And it was uh, one of the uh, very typical uh, kind of Canadian films. Uh, it was one of the very first appearances by Aaron Douglas, who was the chief on Bailstar Galactic. He was one of the soldiers. Uh, they got blown up when Magneto pulls the, pulled the pin out of everybody's uh, grenades. He was one of mm-hmm. the guys that got blown up. Uh, but we had Brian Cox as the villain who was a striker. Uh, Brian yeah, Cox, and Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah, Nightcrawler. It was excellent. Who yeah. never came um, back again. Ellen Cumming. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, we, ha- we had the apparent death of Jean Grey uh, before she became Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Um, yeah, yeah, just just a great flick. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, absolutely. So what, we're now going to get into like what was happening in the world of media. Uh, so we'll cover this. We'll, we have the movies list. Uh, and essentially, we're going to do the top 20 movies. So we'll go through this really quick. So you kind of get a feel for it. We'll start from the bottom and go up. So at this point, Charlie, I'll do 20 through uh, 11. You do 10 through 1. Works for me. Um, yeah, so number 20, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Uh, <laughs> romantic comedies were still viable at the box office. That was Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Um, then we had Wrong Turn. This is a series, became a series of horror films. Um, had Alicia Dushku, Jeremy Sisto, and Emmanuel Chikri. Um, yeah, I remember that one wasn't too bad. Um, Big Fish, Tim Burton, uh, telling more 
personal oh, yeah. story about a father and son relationship yeah yeah um yeah um old school wow the beginning really of will ferrell's life outside oh, of snl the dynasty yeah exactly yeah with the owen brother or one of the owen brothers yeah 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 big time for r-rated comedies it was just like that was it was that lens and then you know obviously we got the movies after that with, with you know the 40 year old virgin and those things like that so when we had holes uh this is uh shia labeouf's first movie oh, yeah. weaver was in it re- basically it's it's a kid's book that's very popular and they yeah. were in this and it was and yeah. people, a lot of people really enjoyed it so um pretty good cast with that Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Oh, um, not, not a bad one. Probably the last, bad, last, of yeah. the, last of the watchables until, in my opinion, the most recent one, which I thought yeah. was okay. Yeah, James Cameron did not direct that, but that was considered a canon... Yeah, I, was it? Is it considered canon? I don't know. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just, just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then we have 13, a movie apparently that if you want to get scared about raising teenagers, watch this movie because your kids are doing bad stuff. Of course. Uh, uh, then we got. I, I have not seen this movie. The Last Samurai. Tim, Tom Cruise. Oh, no, never um, saw it. Yeah, an American essentially shows up in uh, Japan. And white, the white hope has to save him. Maybe, maybe right. he's not American. I don't know. Um, no, he's American military advisor. Yeah, uh, embraces the samurai culture. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was after the Civil War, wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe, Probably. Maybe yeah, sure. Sure not. Yeah, yeah. So I've not seen that. Um, and then Charlie, we get the second Fast and Furious film, Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh my goodness! Coming to a bad trip to the movies with the Cardins in the near future. <laughs> we'll be talking. Yes, all about exactly. It. Yes, yes. I didn't see. Is was Vin Diesel in that one? I don't see his face on it. I don't think Vin Diesel was in that he, movie. He wasn't in Tokyo Drift. I thought that was the third. Well, they don't show his name. They don't even show his face on the poster. We, we so, will. We will decode this mystery over on the bad trips. So and I will not be paying attention because I've. I've, I've listened enough about Fast and Furious movies that I hope they go away. But <laughs> if you like fair. those movies, enjoy. Uh, yeah. Then number 11, School of Rock. Jack oh, Black, really, just, once again. Just yeah. saw it, seriously, a few weeks ago. I'd never seen it before. I've um, not seen it either, but I've heard oh, it's gotcha. very good. All right. Well, picking up number 10 is Memories of a Murder. A uh, Looks like it is a in a small Korean province. Two detectives. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah. Don't know anything about it. Uh, small but number, foreign film. Yeah. But yeah. number nine is Lost in Translation. This was one of Scarlett Johansson's first big films directed by Sofia Coppola. Uh, I remember seeing it. Bill Murray is the other star. Great, great flick. Uh, number eight, Todd, you just finally watched this one over the holidays. Love actually. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. uh, this is a film that, uh, somehow I still love, even though it was my first date with my ex-wife, uh, April and I do, that is part of our regular holiday watching, um, just a, a fun little ensemble piece, uh, of a film. Um, number seven featured in Todd's background. If you're watching us on YouTube, kill bill volume one of two volumes, Quentin oh. Tarantino and Uma Thurman as an assassin known as, is it the bride? or the wife what what, what she it was the bride it was yeah. the bride yeah. i have i haven't seen it an awfully long time but yes yeah, uman great david, film great yeah. soundtrack yeah david carradine daryl hannah michael Madsen, great stuff uh number six of course i saw it a million times because i had uh kids at this age my son was three finding nemo um which was ellen degeneres albert brooks and will willem defoe really was he the dentist <laughs> that would make sense oh yes. my god uh and but he was the shark wasn't he one of the sharks i don't oh, know that, that's a bad guy really uh, yeah. Number five with a bullet. Uh, this was pre pre MCU, and yep. even really just post uh, Sony Tobey Maguire. This was Hulk, uh, directed by Ang Lee, who is definitely an acquired taste. Uh, he is a is that a, a Chinese director? Chinese? No, he's American. 
Oh. He's, he's American. Yeah. And uh, and he I mean, he's won Oscars. He's great. He's yeah. a great director. He's yeah. definitely does things all across the board. And this yeah. f- this film uh, was definitely something unto itself. Uh, Eric Bana was, of course, Bruce Banner of the Hulk with the superb Jennifer Connelly, Sam Elliott and Josh Lucas rounding out the cast. Yeah. Uh, number four is The Dreamers. Uh, an we, indie film. Yeah, yeah, an indie film. Yeah, Young American, blah, blah, blah. Michael Pitt, blah, 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 a bunch of people I don't know. Uh, David Green, no, probably yes. the biggest name. Yeah. Yes. Number three, and again, not a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings Return of the King was the th- second film in the series? Th- third. It was it was finalizing was the, the trilogy. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, and this was yeah. the first of these movies I actually saw in a U.S. theater because the right. first two. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was in countries uh, serving my country. In countries serving your country. Uh, indie film number two, uh, an indie film at number two is called Old Boy. It uh, looks like this is a, yeah. Oh, that Asian, movie yeah. is brutal. Has one of the yeah. most brutal, some of the most brutal scenes I've ever seen wow. about a guy basically trying to get, get vengeance. And he has a scene where he basically beats up a lot of people with a hammer. Uh, sounds delightful. And finishing at number one uh, is Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, the first uh, uh, in a series of films that definitely has diminishing returns because this was the best film without a doubt. Johnny Depp, Jeffrey Rush, Orlando Bloom, and Kira Knightley uh, taking a classic uh, Disney Parks ride and making it into quite a spectacle, spectacle? Uh, quite a spectacle of a movie yes. dire- directed by Gore Verbinski. Great flick. Yeah, and these were not in the order of financial box office. These were basically popularity, so like yeah. ratings for like create uh, that people yeah. enjoyed. Um, so of these movies, Charlie, which one do you think grossed the most money? Um, oh God, can't look at the list. Probably, but, 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 but either it's either Lord of the Rings or the Black Pearl. So I'll go with Black Pearl. Uh, you're wrong. Uh, Finding Nemo, uh, oh, number okay. one. Uh, Lord of the Rings. So Nemo, three eighty. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, three seventy seven. And Lord uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, three hundred five. So oh, big gap. Okay. But gotcha. as you see, that how much money movies used to make, um, even in two thousand three, was not every movie made a billion dollars. They they um, were starting to get big, and their gotcha. budgets e- exploded. Yeah. All right, you want to do the same thing with the TV? Uh, yeah, so I'll, TV. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go twenty through eleven, and you can take the top ten. So. All right, and a lot of these will be quick because I've certainly never heard a lot of them. At number twenty, we have a show called Blue Murder, uh, crime drama mystery. Um, uh, number nineteen, Rosemary and Time, but spelled like the spice. And the rosemary. Oh, these also. are like British, I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, crime, yeah, crime drama. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist. That rings a bell. Uh, anime. Was, yeah, yeah, it's an anime. Yeah, uh, Dead Like Me. That was over on HBO, I think. Was ooh, it? my wife yeah. loves that. It's about oh. basically people dead and essentially acting as Grim Reapers. Manny Patinkins in it. Oh, okay. Really well loved. Gotcha. Air crash investigation is number. What the hell is that? It's a documentary. (laughs) It's a a documentary (laughs) series. Uh, Number fifteen is another uh, HBO show, Carnivale, which I've heard. Oh yeah, about yeah. Only two seasons. Yeah, Todd, this is a favorite of yours. At number fourteen, The Venture Brothers is from Adult Swim, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, great. uh, Basically, Johnny Quest uh, type of show. Yeah, it's just very funny and goofy. Uh, the enduring, though no longer on the air, MythBusters was on the air for oh, yeah. twenty years. Uh, was uh, is a, a Daco series where people are busting myths. Uh, Teen Titans over uh, an animated program which is still ongoing now. Now called Teen Titans Go, I assume. Uh, about, yep. About the uh, the same. Uh, this is a very stylized version of the DC Comics uh, Teen Team of Heroes. Nip Tuck. I watched a few episodes of this show, but it's about uh, it was two on pl- FX. I think yeah. it was one of the first big FX shows. Yeah. Two, yeah. two plastic surgeons in the nineteen eighties 
days with Dylan Walsh and Julian McMahon, uh, who, uh, boy, we got two. We got uh, General Lane and Dr. Doom. Uh, yeah. show called Peep Show. Now I'm familiar with it. Uh, that is a comedy. Uh, yeah, definitely sounds like it could be British to me. Um, but Todd, number nine is a personal favorite of ours. Reno 911 from Comedy Central with Tom Lennon and uh, Robert Ben Garrett and Carrie Kennedy, all from the state, from the uh, the MTV show from the 80s or the 90s. Yes, I love. yes, yes. Um, uh, and then, uh, Charlie, you're breaking laws. Oh, my bad. Go on. I, I, I was on <laughs> a roll. Okay. I was on a roll. Yeah. Take it so over. Reno 911, yeah, great show. Comedy Central was on fire because people watched a lot of Comedy Central because yeah. there was no streaming services. So that's where you right. went for your funny. Yeah, and yeah. they have had new episodes on um i think the roku channel now owns new episodes oh and maybe not, paramount boy, plus. not even paramount plus oh interesting okay all right maybe, maybe, a- maybe on paramount plus uh another show i haven't heard of called new tricks i'm guessing a lot of these are british yeah. we had a show called las vegas I which know that didn't one. last That's very long but it yeah. was it was definitely that cbs formulaic james con jimmy con jimmy con yeah. yeah and yeah. gosh yep. yeah oh here's yep. one that i was talking about yep. california yes the oc this was uh probably better known it created a lot of it was essentially launching a lot of new actors in their careers, yeah. but also um, the writer of the OC ended up going and writing some Marvel comics along the way. Cause there was some, there was a geeky element uh, oh, yeah, with yeah, that yeah. show as well. Big time. Yep. Yep. Cold case. This would be another one of those CVS procedurals yep. where CBS owned. It, it the literally market. said, like you said, CVS procedurals, which sounds great. Those yeah. really long receipts. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, then we have arrested development. This Ooh. is a series obviously it started on Fox. I think got, Two or three seasons on Fox. Yeah. Went to Netflix, uh, cult classic. And uh, yeah, I was surprised that show lasted as long as it did because the ratings were horrible. But once again, it became a cult classic right. later in life on Netflix. Right. Um, One Tree Hill, a CW. Uh, maybe was it the CW or was it WB, UPN? At the time, it was yeah. one of those networks. Yeah. One Tree Hill was they, a big, they, big. They all became each other. It was not UPN, though. It was I think it was WB. Uh, something like that. And then Two and a Half Men. This is when CBS oh, was on men, fire men, with all men, the comedies. Men, 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 men. Oh, my goodness. I think this is pre-Tiger Blood. Oh, uh, that yeah. show was on fire. Lots of sexism. A uh, lot of denigrating. And, yeah, who knows? At this time, was it Ashton Kutcher? Was it um, – I mean, this oh, is when, still when, what's when his name finally, at the time. It was still Charlie Sheen, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was Sheen and uh, John Cryer and Angus T. Jones, who was the kid. That kid grew up cranky. Yeah, I know that he yep. got himself in a lot of trouble. But oh, yep. uh, Todd, number one. This is yes, this, this number one. NCIS. Uh, it's. I've only watched one episode of NCIS. It was one of the worst things I ever watched. It's horrible. I watched it at my aunt's house. It was bad. It's spun off of what show that I love so much? Jag, a man who can only solve crimes uh, because he's a lawyer in Jet. Yes, Yes, absolutely. No, this is a show. uh, Yeah, David McCollum, Sean Murray. Of course, Mark Harmon, my mom's favorite show, hands down, still watches it to this day. It's catnip for old people. It's NCIS. It definitely is, yes. And they have 1885 spinoff. Very good. That was the year of TV. I'm sure there was better classics there, but we had some British invasions happening for some reason. Right. Uh, but we get into comics. So I went to look back, Charlie, at the Eisner Award winners. Oh, yeah. uh, so kind of give a context of like the best of the time. So very quickly, uh, best writer was Brian Michael Bendis uh, oh, yeah. for a just kind of overall because he was writing Powers, Alias, That's Daredevil, Spider-Man. Yeah, oh wow. I mean, he was on fire. The dude made everything he touched turn to gold and he was amazing through image and marvel so he was not only right. doing um right. you know, he was doing independent books at Mar- image. yeah yeah uh then penciler we had uh kevin o'neill in 2003 he uh illustrated the league of extraordinary gentlemen which was a which was a um 
looking at his name. Crazy old man Miller. Uh, uh, Alan Moore. Oh, okay. Uh, it was his book. So great comic, not a great movie, but it was really cool. It was just I, like an assembly it, of these literary classic that, characters. That was, the, events. that was the movie that uh, uh, Sean Connery decided to retire after its failure. <laughs> yes. God, yeah. I, yeah. That was at a time when we got a lot of just really crappy adaptations because they're like, there's oh, yeah. money in them hills. Right. Yeah, exactly. Only if you do it well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Best Serial Life Story, uh, 2003 Fables uh, was the first collection called Legend of Exile by Bill Willingham. Great series. Uh, I met the guy at FablesCon in, uh, it was in, um, was it Duluth? Where did I meet him? They had this little con about the Fables community, the people that loved these comics. So uh, very cool. That's great. Uh, Great series. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, Original series on, uh, it was a Vertigo title. Best continuing series, once again, 2003 Daredevil by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Neely. This is a title we may have to do in Spinner Rack because I've heard so many awesome things about it. Um, Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely a, it, it was kind of like that era when Quesada and everybody was like relaunching Marvel. This is one of those titles that really stood out. Best Finite Series, Limited Series, Leave Extraordinary Extraordinary Gentlemen Volume 2 by Alan Moore. So once again, better comic. Uh, best New Series was Fables as well. So some really good stuff was coming up at the time. Uh, the reason I'll point out this title is best title for young readers in 2003 was Harrow Bear and the Kid, because this is the comic that I bought for my wife that actually got her into comics and then no expanded way. horizons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a fun little series about a uh, kid who bear he imagined would become a superhero. It's very cute. The illustration was awesome. Uh, and that is it for the world of comics at that time. Ooh. So um, uh, not a bad year for some no, good stuff. No, not at all. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got, let's do another top 20 here we've got the uh billboard uh hot 100 for 2003 uh you uh, you want to grab it again i'll do 20 through 20 through 11 i'll st- no no wait we'll switch it you do 20 through 11 i'll do 20 through 11 yes okay so it'll be interesting to see if i know some of these songs i think um, i do so, so number 20 yeah, yeah so mad <laughs> number 20 Magic Stick, Little Kim featuring 50 cent 50 cent uh wow i know that song uh not a classic drift away Uncle Cracker featuring Dobie Grace, so essentially time. a cover and yeah. updated. I think right. he, I don't know if he changed anything, but it definitely was a cover. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. It will be a very good ballad. A uh-huh. very, very good ballad. Um, I Know What You Want. Buster Rhymes, Mariah Carey featuring Flip Mode Squad. <laughs> Not a bad song. Right. Beautiful Christina Aguilera. That's a classic. Big she time. sings the crap out of that Big song. Time. Oh, yeah. All I have, Jennifer Lopez featuring L Cool J. I think this is before Batfleck or what Benifer, yeah, whatever. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Twenty one questions. Fifty Cent featuring Nate Dog. Don't really know that one. Uh, Shake a tail, fella. <laughs> Feather. Nelly P Diddy. P Diddy and Murphy Lee. I do know this song. Not a classic. Nope. Um, Baby boy. Beyonce featuring Sean Paul, um, Get Low. I know this one. Jo- Little John and the East Side Boys featuring Ying Yang Twins. Get Low. Low, get low, low, low. Oh, yes. no, okay. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, so if you see a, a trend here, it's almost all hip hop. Yeah, There's only time. like only two what I would call pop rock style yeah. songs, but mainly pop. Yeah. yeah. So then go go All and right. bring us home, Charlie. Absolutely. So bring me to life. Oh God, Evanescence. Yes. Oh my God. The so, best yeah. of the Daredevil. That Yay. is yeah. That is one hundred percent early aughts uh, to the nth degree. So loved it. My son yeah. used to listen to that song, the Ab- video, watch Ab- it, and he played that to death. Yeah. Absolutely. Over his time. Uh, picture with Kid Rock and Show Crow back when we could stand him. Uh, he is, of course, the the shame of Macomb County, where I lived yes. for many years. Yes. Uh, gotcha. Miss you by Aaliyah. 
not ringing a bell. Uh, but God, number, rest in peace. Number, she passed away. Yeah, number Remember seven, that? right there by Chingy. By Chingy. Most deaf. I love it when you bring it right there. Right. right exactly. Another one. Uh, Unwell by Matchbox 20. This was Good pre, song. This was pre the Rob uh, Thomas solo dynasty. When I'm Gone by Three Doors Down. Who gave us? I can't stand to fly. The Superman song, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe right before this. Crazy in Love with Beyonce and Jay-Z. That was the beginning of their romance. Was that was that? Oh, yeah. Right that, was, that was the initial phase yeah oh my gosh get busy by sean paul i can never keep him straight i can't yeah but it was that guy right um temperature was that yeah temperature that's the dude and then number two is the song that lives in infamy because of the guy who did it was ignition and or the ignition remix by the now incarcerated robert kelly of chicago that is right check out the south park episode in the closet so good my God. No, and number one with a bullet, literally. Uh, in the club by 50 Cent. Na, 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 na. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 50 Cent, man. Talk about, you know, at the time, I swear, like, Dr. Dre was so good at finding artists and right. developing like Eminem and Snoop Dogg and, right. and wow, what, what a, what a, you know, what a creation, you know, with all those, exactly. the songs and, and 50 cent is in the expendables. Yes. Six, yeah. Four, four or whatever four. it is. I think it's, is it, it is either four or six. Cause we saw a trailer. Exportables. Is that what it is? Exportables. No, Rot- <laughs> no, Harrison Ford is not in this one though. He wasn't one of the previous ones, but yeah. Oh, put a four Todd, in there somewhere. Todd, uh, take us home because tech, tech is your baby. Yeah. So go for it. Yeah. So we kind of touched on this, but tech, uh, uh, intact. I mean, it was still early on, so I don't really like to go in deep into this. But iTunes Music Store was a big deal, getting music legally online versus Napster. That was a big deal. I, I, um, the, the one I was using, and you and I are both sharing at this time. LimeWire, not, not legally, it was BearShare. Oh, there was there was that, an, a number that, that you could a, find. That was yes. a big one for me. Make it making those mixed discs and oh yeah, good oh jeez, yeah, yeah, LimeWire, yeah, it's great time. Uh, camera phones. So yeah, your flip phone with camera yeah. where. Two pixels. Um, yeah. What was that thing? I don't know. Here's I got a picture a, of it, though. Here's a picture of your naked girlfriend. Click. <laughs> and what could you even do with it? I mean, you could text someone a picture, but on your screen that was so resolution. I mean, nobody not, not, took a picture on a... Not a, not a great error for, you know, sharing dirty pictures. Here's <laughs> here's my photo album with my my cell phone pics and yeah, exactly. <laughs> like click, Game Boy click, Color click. camera. Yeah. Uh, hybrid cars. Whoa. This Prius. Yeah, Prius right. finally engaged and came out. So 20 years of hybrids. That's amazing. Um, this is hilarious. CD-ROM shredder because everybody put all of their delicate information on CDs. <laughs> yes. Wouldn't you? Ju- you just need. Don't, wouldn't you just need a more a bigger shredder, like with bigger, like crunch, crunch, crunch. Uh, you need something a little bit, yeah, because you will yeah. destroy it. That's not oh good, like God. credit cards, you know, shredding those. Yeah, so uh, that was before we got USB sticks, essentially, yeah, and exactly. USB drives. So, yeah. And then Cialis, this is essentially the successor to Viagra. So technology making uh, making dreams happen for men of a certain age. No comment. Okay, well, that's <laughs> it uh, for Tesla 3. We, uh, we got to jump on doing another one of these soon. Now, do we go forward or do we go backwards i'm going to advocate going backwards i'd like to see the 1993 todd the year you graduate from high school ready to take that on i'm so absolutely that, we'll find another vote. gap week where yeah. there's not much happening and we can get somebody to join us yeah. that uh, might not have been lived through that time period so they can oh, be, that'd be asked great, that'd be a great that'd be a great one for if we did 1993 it'd be a great one to have k on to talk about that because she was she was born in the middle of the 80s so she'd have probably no idea about a lot of that stuff 
That would be cool. All right. Well, with that, friends, that is the end of our program. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And thank you to our awesome Patreon supporters. You can, of course, go over to patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite and do a free trial of any one of our support levels and hear our great fun content. Uh, We would love to hear from you uh, about that. Todd, where do people find you out there? Uh, they follow me at TXR on Twitter. As of right now, Twitter is might not be a great space for long. We'll I see. Guess. We will see. Um, hopefully, another service comes up that can do the same things that Twitter does, which is great. Connect people across the galaxy so we can uh, expand our horizons. But that's where right. I'm at. Right. We are also looking to bring back uh, secretfriendsunite at gmail.com as our email address. That is another way that we're going to do a little bit better uh, in responding to Drop us an email. Let us know something you're interested about. Uh, maybe something you'd like us to talk about on the show. We also have an awesome Discord community. Very vibrant um, that we'd like to see you over on. So find us over on Discord. Uh, I can, of course, be found over on Twitter for the time being uh, at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. My lovely wife, April, and I do, of course, run the US S. Grand Petoskey, that is one of the biggest chapters of Starfleet, the International Star Trek Fan Club in the world. Uh, I also run Region 13, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you're a Trekker, within the sound of my voice, want to meet other Trekkers in your neck of the woods. I That's Trekkers, not Trekkers. Uh, in your neck of the woods, I can help you. Uh, hit us up on socials of that name and at a website, ussgrandpetoskey.com. With that, I'm going to tell you, once again, thank you for joining us, that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Too fast, too furious. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.